0: Welcome to today's Suffolk Money Podcast supported by Kingsfleet, providers of life-changing financial advice. Our story has been that we bring to you interesting people who relate to three aspects of our money. So there's only three things we can do with money, we can spend it, so we want to talk to the entrepreneurs, and business leaders of Suffolk there's ways in which you can save it so we bring you financial experts who can give guidance as far as that's concerned and then the third thing you can do is give it and uh, we speak with community groups and charities that operate within Suffolk so today is the first one of those so we speak to a really interesting uh, business leader and in fact not just any business leader but the Suffolk Business Awards Director of the Year Olly Magnus from the Magnus Group. Ollie has an absolutely astonishing life story, various situations where through ill health and through travel and uh, family bereavement that brought him to the place where he is now, but not least difficulties in a previous uh, business in which he was a partner. So this is the fascinating story of Ollie Magnus, Director of the Year of Magnus Group. Ollie, it is really good to be able to speak to you today. And we'll start off by saying, well done and congratulations on winning the Director of the Year at the Suffolk Business Awards. Does that has
1: that sunk in yet? Um not not really, if I'm honest. I I I am not sure it ever will, if, I, <laughs> if I'm truthful. It's all it's all very surreal and it's um yeah, Monday or Tuesday this week, having had a weekend out and about, um, it started to become a bit of reality. But yeah, it's one of those things that I'm not sure it ever will really fully sink in. Uh, but it's it's just such an amazing achievement, and I can't I can't express how proud I am more than that you know I did on the night. It was um, just one of those um, fairy tale um, things for me that um, I'm so proud of. So.
0: I mean, your your story is absolutely astonishing. We've just been talking before pressing the record button here yeah. and your your story is absolutely phenomenal and and i guess what we need to say is that you know this is related to you taking on a business three years ago yeah
1: i mean it's 20 2019 i bought um this business so um my father started it in 1973 um it kind of it used to be a very successful business very well known locally and it just kind of died a death. It, I would say it was, it, was a, it was a business that was dying um, and it just needed reinvigorating. Um, my dad didn't actually leave me anything. Sadly, he died in 2018. Um, he didn't leave me anything. I ended up selling my business because I'd had a fairly acrimonious fallout from that. Um, and it became an opportunity that, um, i thought yeah i'll i'll try and take it um see where we go so i invested my personal money in the business to buy the 40 percent uh off my dad's business partner um my stepmom had the other 40 percent so as a as the magnus family um it was back to kind of a a family-owned business um and yeah and then from then on it was just been a lot of hard work a lot of Mm. Tears, a lot of ups and downs a lot of emotional um fallouts yeah um so um, what what were the what were the origins of the business you know what what's the backstory
0: to your your father starting it and
1: how did that come about yeah so my dad was um originally he was schooled in australia so came over here when he was 18 um just he'd been in the australian navy actually the merchant navy but um so, yeah, and he just fancied getting into a career in shipping. So Felix, though, with obviously the port, became an area um, he wanted to, to, to come over to. Came over came over here, uh, met my mum, who's from this area, from Ipswich. Met her at Felix, though, rugby club. I think she was doing the tees. Um, and uh, they ended up getting married. Um, then they went back to Australia. Uh, my sister was born in Sydney, um, they didn't really settle. I think my dad did, my mum didn't, but he still had this burning desire to, to get a career in shipping. They came back um, with my sister, so she'd have been uh, three, I imagine. Um, and then um, he started working uh, down at the port. Um, then he started Paul Magnus Transport, his own transport business, and I was born um and uh and then from there um it just continued to be a very successful business um locally and um then that that was that really um that's the backdrop to to the magnus group lovely
0: and uh so the business began in the early 70s and you were arrived at a similar time in yeah. phoenix do um yeah. and and then throughout your life as you've sort of grown into adulthood you were sort of you shared time between the UK and Australia or you sort of would spend time in
1: each from yeah uh, not, not so much when I was young I mean I think we went back a couple of times but it's after I left school right uh, I spent a lot more time in Australia I left in uh, I went in 92 on a cricket tour Ipswich school cricket tour Um I'd actually left school when they invited us back uh on this cricket tour so left school and then six months later I'm in Australia on a cricket tour um I, I think that was a fairly crazy decision because I'm not sure we we all abided by the rules of the school because we weren't part of it anymore um but yeah so I so I, I went traveling there for a year came back I, I had I spent a period of my life where I wasn't really sure what I was going to do and that that carried on for for quite a long time i came back and worked for conship container lines um so i kind of fell into the shipping logistics industry um so i worked there for four years and then um got itchy feet again wanted to go back to australia because i've got this affinity obviously through my family and just from spending time there i loved it it was very very me very relaxed and um um, you know the sun you can't not enjoy the beach life and things um and so I, I actually i actually gave up work at Conchip to go back traveling uh, in 1997 which is where i um unfortunately in my first day in sydney i fell 40 feet out of a balcony so um i then spent a lot of, well 13 days in intensive care and three months uh in hospital overlooking the Opera House, and the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Which so, so whilst you had a lovely view, I'm sure yeah. you'd rather have been elsewhere, what was the damage that you would done? Um, well, I was incredibly lucky to be alive, let alone walk again. I broke, mm. I broke my back in five different places. It was my lumbar spine, and I was less than a millimetre from paralysis. Um, so I, I, I wasn't very good at biology, but um, your lumbar spine, L2 is um but if you if you smash that or if you fracture that then you're totally paralyzed mm-hmm. and i just managed to do l1 three four, five, et etc so l2 if you look at my x-ray i mean it's just um, it is um, unbelievable actually that everything around that uh pivotal vertebrae is totally smashed mm-hmm. and that one is um is fine so yeah wow. incredi- incredibly lucky but it was a long road back to recovery I had to teach myself to walk again and all that sort of thing you know was
0: all that rehabilitation done in uh,
1: Sydney then so you No, you... um I think that happened in February and I kind of flew back within a couple of when I finally came out of Hostelina a couple of weeks because I had obviously I had family and friends over there from my dad's time um but I got I got flown back first class by the insurance company um which it sounds comfortable, but it was probably one of the most uncomfortable journeys of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the rehabilitation was primarily in the UK. My girlfriend at the time, I I lived with um, her father because he had a swimming pool. So I had a, you know, I had to swim and exercise and all this sort of thing every day. And that, that was probably, a, I think that was probably a good year before I could um, start work again and things like that. Um, so I actually came from there. I came to work at Magnus Group. Kind of nice. said the, the right thing to do or the, you know, it was an easy, easy way back for me in the working world. So obviously my dad was um, running it then. And it was one of those difficult, um, difficult situations when your father's, you work for your father's business, you know, and there was probably, I don't know how many people were here, probably 80, 90 people, um, and when your son works for you or your daughter, you go one or two ways don't you, you either fast track them through the system or you pretty much totally ignore them, um, which, which was, which was what happened to me, but I, it doesn't sound as bad as it is, but he kept his distance from me. He wanted me to make my own, my own way within the business um, and I didn't enjoy it at all. It's very strange having your father here and, and anything that went wrong. you know people wanted to blame me for probably was my fault but (laughs) but you know what I mean um it's a hard thing to go through though isn't it it's really tough actually um and um so then I left there again and went back to Australia in 2002 2002 yeah to go and watch the ashes in Australia so you know I had six months so I'd saved up I had six months I was single traveling Australia um watching every day of every test. Well, wow, that's nice. You know, it's not many people can say they've done that. Um, and it was just a period of my life again. Cool thing
0: that we're beaten, of course. Is, let's yeah, just get that out of the way on 2002.
1: Yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah but we're pretty used to that. Aren't yeah. we? Um, but we did win a test and uh, yeah. we celebrated like we won the whole thing. <laughs> um, but again, you know, I was, I was really unsure of what I was doing. I, you know, my sister was born in Sydney. I wasn't. She had a passport. I didn't if it had been the other way around, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. I was probably, I was there just under a year. I was very settled and I loved the life, um, but I had to come back and, and I came back and totally unsure what I was gonna do, but I, I was pretty clear in my mind, I was gonna find a way to go back to Sydney. You know what it's like when you're unsettled, you, your mind's all over the place. You don't You have no confirmed direction of what you're doing. And um, and then an opportunity became available to um, start a freight forwarding business with a a guy I'd known for a long time uh, who had uh, strangely been using speaking to my dad on a regular basis as a kind of mentor or uh, you know for advice on how to start the business. I didn't know anything about it. I was in Australia drinking VB and watching cricket. Um, so I've come back and. Uh, my dad kind of said that I, I'd probably be quite uh, useful in as being part of that business, and I was offered a role in it. Actually, there were three people; I was the third. Um, I was only offered twenty percent um, of a business. Um, I, um, you know, and Magnus Magnus Group were going to be a big part of that because you cannot start a business from a garage and not use a business like magnus group as a sister company or you know um so my you know i spoke i remember speaking to my dad about it and he was like there's no way you're accepting that at 20 percent um and in fairness it was the it was one of the guys was not the guy who ended up falling out it was the other guy who said if we're going to do this we've got to split it equally otherwise it's just not right um so we did that long story short um that was in 2003 starting in that wasn't i was never fully into it at the start because i always had this urge to return to australia mm-hmm. um but you know you suddenly get involved in something you know what it's like it's very difficult to get out of and it became successful it was very successful mm-hmm. regular there it became two of us the the third guy the guy that said it needs to be shared equally ended up leaving after 6 months because you know, it was tough for us. We had no money for a long time. You're building a business. You're not taking any any money out of it. Um, and,
0: and this was freight forwarding, wasn't it? Obviously.
1: Yeah. So yeah. You're, just a, you're just an agent as a freight forwarder. We didn't own anything. Um, you know, what we did do was we rode off the back of Magnus Group. Um, certainly initially, you know, we were coming here, bringing people in as um, into the boardroom for meetings. You know, you can't, you can't really take, potential customers into a garage you know it was a nice enough office but in someone's garage mm. you know, you, have, you have to have this um perception of you're much bigger than you are and you you know it was that affiliation with Magnus group which was I'm not stupid that's the reason I was asked in the first place which is why mm. to offer me 20 percent just seemed a bit odd um but um so yeah so that became successful but it was a. Re- the, the the guy I, I ran that with and i were two very different characters you know the older you get the more you realize that but you know what two different characters work well together mm. um,
0: this is why the, it's way the whole whole yin and yang thing isn't it you know yeah, sometimes you know absolutely. having to see the you know, world a different way yeah. Yeah.
1: and and with the greatest respect um i was much better at certain things and certainly relationships and um things like that than he was and he was infinitely better than me at many things um but you kind of have to understand that people have strengths and weaknesses and that's how it all ended was you know one of us believed there were more value than the other one um so wanted more money and uh, it all fell apart and it was insisted that a third party business consultant comes in to determine who was more value, in his words, to the business? Um, which nothing ever good was going to come out of that. Mm. Never good. But whatever the outcome of that, and the outcome of it was, uh, you know, probably twelve to fifteen thousand pounds later, and lots of hours, lots of talking with the staff, um, was that we're of equal value. Um, which I'll never forget that boardroom moment when when the guy um said that he had no reason to to side with one or the other that was a neutral thing and you know i I don't care what anyone says if somebody puts you in that position it's one of the worst feelings in the world when somebody who you've known and worked with for a long time is um basically saying you're not as good as them so to actually come on the right side, just undermines the trust between the two of
0: you, I guess. And as you say, once you're having to pay someone to come and give a
1: yeah.
0: like make a decision, it's almost like coming yeah. to a courtroom and yeah, asking yeah. a judge to decide.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm yet to meet one person who kind of thinks that was anything yeah. other than ridiculous. Um, you know, there's going to be people that won't say, you know, they won't say it to my face and and whatever but you know they're they're the facts you know and um they're the facts and i came out on the right side of that but from the moment that request or that decision was was made to you know people say well you were 50 percent. why did you even allow it to happen um which is a great question but it's it's one of those you know there was no structure in that business there was it was it was management from the top um so my my gamble on that was this guy would come in and say um yeah there's no structure which is exactly what happened you know yeah. he said, if i was buying your business i'd downgrade it by 50% because the business is is basically you two mm. um there's no you know there was 30 people that worked there there was no management structure I mean mm. I, I always wanted a management structure he didn't and that's that's fine but you know at the time that, that hurt me enormously, you know, it was, uh, mm. but it was, you know, that was 2017 that happened. Um, again, I, I didn't really know what to do, how to go about it, but just plodded along and then my dad died in 2018. He hadn't been too involved in Magnus Group for a long time. You know, he was 71. He was, he spent a lot of his time on the All Well Lady, you know, the, that's part of them, uh, our family. Um, the Orwell Lady, he, he enjoyed that a lot more. He he had a fairly acrimonious relationship with his business partner here. We we should just explain what the Orwell Lady is for anyone
0: who isn't familiar. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, so the, no, it's just, no, it's a
1: good point. Yeah, the Orwell Lady is a, a river cruise boat that goes up and down the Orwell. I was um, only on it a few weeks ago, and it was oh, uh, a really yeah. brilliant little yeah. trip. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah, it's good. So he spent a lot of time with that. Um and um, yeah, no, it's just just one of those opportunities that became available. Mm. That uh, honestly, and I and I, uh, this is totally true. If I'd have been happy in my business, if I hadn't had that fallout, if I hadn't have been put in that position, I would have stayed where I was doing. Why? Mm. Why wouldn't? I, why would I leave? What was a very comfortable financial existence, you know, certainly 10 times more financially comfortable than I am now. Um, and a hundred times more financially comfortable than I was two or three years ago. Um, but it wasn't the right thing for me to do. You know, mm. I was desperately unhappy. Um and I needed to get to get out, saw this opportunity, and something was calling me to say, you need to take this, mm. you need to take this opportunity. Which all goes to show, actually, people will often talk about, you know, money is the
0: issue, is the thing that stimulates us, that that causes us to make the decisions that we take. But actually, your story here is indicating that that isn't the case.
1: Um, No, it's not at all. Um, I'm not. I'm not driven by money. You know, I'm driven by um, respect and people trusting me people appreciating me um and i didn't feel i had any of that where i was before Mm. and we earned good money you know we did well and we did earn it you know um it didn't fall on a plate we we worked hard um again i worked as hard as he did um in different ways um but if you're not happy in life money is irrelevant you know um so I just
0: did, sorry to interrupt you I was just going to say how did that affect you did that affect your health did it affect your well-being
1: yeah going through I, that time yeah yeah absolutely um yeah it absolutely of course it does it, you know I, I it's no secret I've struggled a little bit with my mental health over the years as I said that that is probably one of the worst you know the the physical The physical things that have gone wrong are in my control but when you're in a in a business where you you don't feel respected and somebody's actually telling you you're not as good as them um there is no worse feeling i don't think than than feeling somebody doesn't rate you or appreciate you or respect you um so that you know that so when my dad died that was an an opportunity as i said before we recorded this live it was a crazy decision Mm. totally nuts decision um, to invest so much so i sold my 50 percent for a lot less than we agreed in the first place i got payment over three years when we agreed all to be paid up front um i conceded an enormous amount But I just knew, my gut feel was I had to get out of that business, or it would have killed me. And that sounds a bit dramatic, but it would have done. Mm. You know, I really struggled with that, that life. And it's only now that I look back on it and realize, you know, I beat myself up all the time about how I allowed that to go on for so long. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't strong enough, but I allowed somebody to to undermine me um in a way but that's not his fault that's my fault i allowed that to happen you know that's my fault um but it was you know i had an opportunity i had i had a a chance i had to take i would never have you know it make no mistake if i hadn't bought magnus group it wouldn't be here now Mm. not because ollie magnus bought it but because it was it was dying a very slow death that was going to become a... So that would
0: have... The likelihood is it would have just withered on the vine, you know, just gradually, gradually faded away. So were there people when you were investigating, buying back in, you know, were were there people who were advising you saying, this really doesn't make sense, you know, looking at the accounts, looking at the figures, looking at what you were going to pay to buy someone out? Were there people on the sidelines or friends, colleagues, who who were saying... This is mad. Just don't do it.
1: Yeah. Um, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, the, the sensible business minded people were, you're nuts. You're going to invest a lot of money. You know, I, I invested three quarters of what I sold my business for. You know, it was the roulette wheel of red or black, but three quarters of the wheel is red. A quarter of it's black i put the lot on black yeah and that 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 is fact um and the advice i had was not to do it you know so one one, one of the guys advised me to to wait another six months because it was just going to get well you could probably pick it up for a pound rather than the the money i paid for it but i didn't i didn't have time to do that you know so sometimes timing is everything um mm. You know, arguably I overpaid for the shares, but everything's worth what someone's willing to pay. Mm-hmm. And, the, and if I'd have waited six months, then the, the catalogue of things that have gone right wouldn't have happened with mm-hmm. hindsight. You know, I've ended up taking on Mark Oakley. Somebody, somebody um, sadly went bust and I picked up some business on the back of it in that first six-month period. You know, uh, Mark, Oakley's the MD here and he's, he's right. been a, a huge, huge benefit to me, but he he's a huge benefit to me because he, he believed in me and he knows I've trusted him. And, you know, I, I just, I just took the lessons I'd learned from my previous business of no management structure at all. Um, it was referred to as a flat structure with, but I, I, my firm belief was you build a team, mm-hmm. um, you know and even now this this business is not about Ollie Magnus, this business is business about everyone that works here. Mm-hmm. And that will that will be the same until I take my last breath. You know, it's I'm very big on trying to build this this team ethic. Um and and, and it seems to have worked. You know, I've got I, I've so I, I feel surrounded by people who have a lot of respect and trust in me. And I, honestly, in my previous business, I didn't have that. So it seems to me as though, you know, that that period of time when you were really
0: unhappy working with somebody else, um, you've learnt the lessons from that and almost, you know, taken what good you could get out of that and applied that. And and that's probably brought about the success and the dramatic change in the business yeah. that you've seen.
1: Yeah, 100% everything you do, my mum always says it, you learn something every day and that 16 years, I mean, it finished so badly, but there were some great times, you know, we, we had some good times to start a business from now. This is why, why, you know, it, it's been handled so badly and all it needed was an apology or a, um, you know, a bit of humility in in the process but when i agreed to leave or when i agreed to leave when i said i was leaving i was selling my 50% it actually got worse you right. know it um but with hindsight it was the best thing that ever happened because it lit it lit a torch inside of me that um made me so desperate to to prove them wrong you know i i even came out and um, People. they were saying I was never gonna make success of Magnus group. I didn't have it in me. I'd been carried for all those years. Um, you know, my friends of my dad's, friends of my mum, um were being told that I was useless effectively. Not yeah. not told I'm useless, but that's that's the intimation is Yeah, you'd be a failure. Yeah. yeah Ollie's yeah. not gonna do it. And that, you know, that that drove me that extra. 30 35 you know and that made me take gambles that i shouldn't have done but actually they've worked in my favor you know if i'd have come out or um you know i've ended up selling my business to buy into my dad's business it happens you know these things happen it, it happened because i fell out because i was totally disrespected um but if it had been high fives wish you the best of luck all this sort of thing, um, I would never have attacked this business like I did. Really? Never, never. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you, I'm a, I'm a very strange character. I totally understand that. But if you tell me I can't do something, I will do whatever it takes to prove you wrong. And this was yeah. my opportunity. You know, uh, if, I'd have, if this had failed, I'd have, I'd have been a failure. You know, I had nowhere to go from here. Nowhere to go. Um, people will say, "Oh, you, you'd have reinvented yourself somewhere else." H- how could I? You know, if I take on Magnus Group and a, and it and it failed. I would always be remembered for that. And then these people that were saying I was going to fail, uh hundred percent right. That's why it gives me enormous pleasure to have have done that. And you know, I I'm done with with the anger of of that now. Um, because I've proved it, you know, I've more than proved it. Mm. You know, and that, that just gives me the most amazing feeling, but it's it's closure, you know, last week for me was, you know, I, I I always say I couldn't have been lower than I was in 2017, 2018, that period of that, that six months where somebody's put you in that position. And it was, it was a horrible fallout. You know, I, could, I couldn't sleep, I was ill. Um, somebody's putting you in that position, and then you d- you find out your dad's gonna, um, got terminal cancer, and then he dies three months later. You know that six months period. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back there for all the money in the world. Mm. You know. Um, mm. So, so to be here now is, you know, I I do underestimate myself a lot sometimes, but you know, to be here is such a it feels like I've climbed the mountain, but yeah. not at the top of the mountain because I've still got the top of the mountain in my sights. Yeah, but the progress you made up it is is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And
0: and and I suppose that that award gave you the opportunity to look back and well, sort of almost admire the view, if if there is such a thing, of of just seeing how far you've come.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of people say some pretty damning things about me to my face and uh behind my back. Um and a lot of them are people I'm I thought I was very close to. So that's 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 never nice. Um but it just it just quietens quietens those voices, doesn't mm. it? You know? So
0: since since you've taken over, obviously you've had a lot of growth. You mentioned COVID and um mm. warehousing and you've been able to therefore accommodate lot more business which were decisions that you took fairly early on mm. in the process but you've also worked very hard on your publicity and yeah. your marketing yeah. um that is perhaps one side of business life that a lot of people don't really pay that much attention to but
1: yeah how yeah. have you gone about that so that the story with that was um we had a company called Kuhn and Argle come into our office um so that would have been the end of 2019 and they they had a big bit of business and they said in the boardroom, they said they'd Googled warehouses in the 50 mile radius of um <laughs> Port. Now bear in mind Magnus Group had been around since the 70s, had a hundred thousand square foot warehouse, didn't even come up on five pages of the internet. I remember well i walked out of that the door and went from this moment on that changes that changes we you know you i'm going to raise the profile of magnus group and to do that i had to raise my own profile um quite you know so that's where the social media things came in you know, i totally rebranded the trucks went back to the um the original logo, so the original logo of Paul Magnus Transport was PM, and I've taken the M from that, which is the current Magnus thing, um, current Magnus logo now. And just you know, it's not rocket science. You make yourself visual. It's everything is is perception. You know, if you ca- if you'd have come here to this office where I am now in 2018, you wouldn't recognise it from where it is now. You know, the signs were all faded. The trees were all over the place, you know. I'm a, I'm a big believer in perception, and if you if I'd have bought customers here, they'd have said, "Well, are these guys really gonna, you know, care about my business?" Um, you know, so it was just changing, and we have built the pond, and we just made it made it a nice a nice place to be. Um, and it it's, it was just you have to get your brand out then you have to get your brand out there now whatever anyone says however anyone criticizes me and god have i had criticism of my social media i've had so much more positives but i've i've taken a lot of criticism over the years but i've stuck with it um, because it's a huge positive I, I always say you can never argue with the facts. The facts are Mm -hmm. I've got so much business out of it. And Mm -hmm. Magnus Group is so much more perceptible to the outside world than it was. So what's the downside? Mm -hmm. You know, if I've got to take a few hits, punches, low blows of criticism from people, then my ultimate aim and game is to do whatever is best for this business. And Mm -hmm. I'll happily take them if it ends up that it's the best for Magnus Group. Yeah. That's ultimately, what happened? And of course, one of
0: the biggest <laughs> things that you've done to raise your uh, awareness is your link up with Ipswich Town.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, that's a that's a great story in itself. I mean, I was I watched my first game as a five year old on a stall with my dad and my granddad and my sister. I think was there. Um, Can you remember who they were playing? Yes, it was Middlesbrough and we won 1 0. It was, I think it was 1979 or something. Right. Yeah. Might have been yeah. five, six, might have been whatever it was. Um, yeah. And never did I then think that that stand would have my name on it. Um, even, you know, I remember the co op, it was big news, you know, which were a bit of a low ebb, just been taken over by the American investors. Um, and the co op announced that they were leaving the sponsorship and I remember sitting with my friends uh, pre-season friendly going oh, I wonder where, can you imagine and Dan my brother-in-law was going cool yeah it's got should be the greyhound stand and all this sort of thing um, and I just I just sent a text message to someone I know within the club and just uh, uh, it was fueled by five pints of Moretti I've got to be honest <laughs> um, <laughs> um, And then, and then from there on you know we had a conversation on monday um i got the numbers i got the opportunity they were interested i went to the board because i don't run this business by making decisions myself otherwise what's the point in having a board i went to the board fully expecting them to say don't be so ridiculous um and i actually got a very positive response um and then It all happened really quickly and I've got to say it's it's another surreal moment in my journey um to be involved and quite heavily involved in in the club I've supported and loved all my life. Mm. Um and the journey on that is only just beginning. So and from on the back of that, I've ended up being asked to be a trustee of the community trust, community or Ipswich Town Foundation, as it is now, which you know, sponsorship you can buy, um, things like that you can't, you know, to be asked to be pinpointed by Mark Ashton as somebody he wanted him involved in that it was it was a great confidence boost for me. You know, mm. I was still on that. Am I you know, I I am still lacking confidence. Am i you know, that was that was a real big moment for me. Um, and then I've ended up becoming friendly with the owners. Um You know, a couple of them are very good friends of mine now that we we talk regularly and even went out to see one of them Um, in May this year. Went to watch Phoenix Rising game with Mark Detmer, who's a great guy. Um, And so, yeah, so it was all all a bit bit surreal. And then, um, yeah. And Ipswich are doing well on the pitch. Or not? Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I can take zero credit for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't know, you know, sponsoring a stand all, all feeds into it somewhere, doesn't it? So yeah. uh, it's yeah, a small part
1: too, but yeah, it's very helpful. Exactly, and we we also sponsor Suffolk Cricket. Um, so we're the main sponsor of Suffolk Cricket. As we discussed earlier, cricket is a, has always been a love of mine. You know, that's a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to help them on their journey of, of improving everything there. And, uh, and we also sponsor, um, top man, Fabio Wardley, who's just such a great guy. Um, the boxer, who's got, um, heavyweight, British heavyweight title fight before the end of the year. So, um, yeah, um, somebody referred to me the other day as the Cinch of Suffolk, which because Cinch well, which I, I actually took it. I thought, is that a compliment or not? But actually, I, I,
0: I, I care. It as a I care. As well.
1: Yeah, but uh, listen, those people who know me know I'm sport mad, and to be involved in Ipswich Town, in Suffolk mm-hmm. cricket, and with Fabio is is just so so enjoyable, so exciting. Um, but it. But it's it's not there to throw money away you know the the pr the the business we've got out of sponsorship you know it's very difficult to determine your return of investment on these things but you know so many people know of magnus group through ipswich town now you know and that can only be a benefit mm-hmm. you know there's no downside to it uh, yeah. of the money you pay um so yeah Oh, so just going back a little bit what so we've talked about
0: how people perceive the business from the outside and you talked about how you learned the lessons from previous business to to implement internally what's changed within the group how does the business work differently now compared to what was happening previously
1: um it's one of those questions it's probably better answered by the people who were here before my time but You know, I tell you, uh, uh, it's just become, you know, I always say when I walked in the door, it was 1992. You know, everything was so, and I get it because, you know, my dad was 71 when he died, hadn't been too involved. The guy I bought the shares off was 74. Um, The MD was in his early 60s. The other director was 65 or something, you know. Um, It just needed, it needed sprucing up. It needed... Uh, rebranding the perception um but but what thing what really needed changing was the culture the culture the team ethos you know um i don't want to be disrespectful to to previous but i don't believe in my opinion there was a real team feel about magnus group you know that was that was one of the first things to do but actually one of the hardest things to do was to change the culture of a business. You know, a lot of people have been here a long time. Mm. Um, so they're used to that certain way to come in and and Ollie's Ollie's come in and he's got all these ideas. Um, he wants to change things. I had to bring people of the same ethos with me. Um, so the management level. and And I always say everything starts from the top. You know, it, it has to be has to be me leading with my team and we're all on the same page and it's and it drips down to you know the guy the guys on the 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 drivers the forklifts they're as important as me if not more important mm. than me you know but I, but i have to instill that that culture and ethos in in the and it's it, it you know they always say it takes a couple of years to change culture and i think mm. that's pretty bang on to be honest and you know, I always, I also have this analogy. We, we shook, we shook the tree, and the good apple stayed on. You know, we, mm-hmm. a lot of people fell away from, from here because it wasn't for them. I have no issue with that at all. You know, um, somebody in their exit interview even admitted that they, they were leaving because they thought they were going to have to work a bit harder. You know, that that says it all. And and with the greatest respect, I don't, I don't want those people here. I need. I need people around me who who are all rowing in the same direction. Um, and then the the bad apples tend to stand out more from the good ones. But if you've got 80% of bad apples, that they can they're easier to hide. And that's what we've done here now. And the guys I've bought with me, uh, primarily from you know, Mark is from a corporate background. You know, I'm a big believer in people follow people. And Mark mm. was a A supplier of mine when I was in my previous business and we always got on very well but if we hadn't there is no way in the world he would be here um and people have followed him so but that corporate you know I'm not very corporate I'm you know I'm a a bit more family business kind of thing but this business the size it is now there's 150 people here you know we're touching 30 million turnover has to be corporate Mm. um so we we have you know our health and safety is um, worlds apart from that. You know we're very big on health and safety. We're we're very big on doing things right. Um, and you know the drivers are, are are all very smart now, and but they've all bought into it. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love, and this is what what I'm so pleased about is, you know, some of the messages I've had from the drivers after last Thursday and the forklift guys, people coming up to me to say oh, I'm so so pleased what that's yeah, lovely so isn't it yeah a couple of the drivers have sent messages saying what a company you know that means more to me mm-hmm. you know that's that's amazing because it fit. you know they feel part of the team you know there's nothing worse than being involved in a business where you don't feel part of it you don't feel respected i've been there i've been there um and i've spoken to so many people from my previous life who felt the same you know mm um and i've just taken that lesson and tried to include as i said it's not about me this is about all of us you know mm. if it was about me i'd be paying myself and taking some, a lot of the money back that's owed to me um but i'm not because i mm. take bigger pleasure from from i don't know uh, uh, but uh, uh, being appreciated by people you know underestimate yeah. how how important you know i i gambled my life for, for a lot of other people's lives, as well, um, and and that that means a hell of a lot.
0: So where where does it go from here, then, Ollie? Uh, do you do you, in addition to progressing things to where you've got here in in actually a very short space of time,
1: yeah. have
0: you got like a game plan on this of saying, right, this is you know world domination? Is this is this yeah. the sister focus?
1: The danger is the danger is you think you've you you've made it and i don't ever think i've made it i'm i'm not that person um you know i you can look at this as this is just the beginning you know it's not um you know we've had a phenomenal rise in two years but that's not without its challenges you know the logistics industry is is so up and down you know 12 months ago you couldn't buy a truck or a trailer for love nor money because the world was going mad and that um the logistics industry was quite a good one and and now twelve months later, with the fuel crisis that you know we've had driver shortages we have had we have now got strikes it's gone, completely so you've always got to stay on top of things. Mm. Um, one thing I think I'm good at is I'm I'm good at looking ahead you know and you know my in answer to your question where do we go from here? World domination potentially a bit extreme but I want to <laughs> I want to um expand you know I want overseas offices I want you know I want uh, part of my remit is looking at acquisitions now and do do we get more warehousing is it a big gamble or, or actually are you in the right place at the right time you know we're we're, we're going into a recession we're already in it aren't we you know we, we know we're in it we know we're in for a tough time so that makes some decisions a bit a bit harder but in my psyche, I'm a bit of a natural born gambler, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done what I've done here. But yeah, I'm not stupid. I'm not a stupid gambler. You know, you kind of try and position yourself. You, you can in.
0: make it take informed risks, can't you? That, that yeah. sounds like that's what you're doing. I know you yeah. use the term gambler, but it seems to me as though you're weighing up the falls and against for different things, yeah. whether that was buying into the business in the first place or yeah. as you say, look, and I suppose if there is a downturn, however severe that might be that presents opportunities i guess
1: yeah it does and but everything's cyclical isn't it you know um we will we might have a period of 12 months might be 24 months might be 36 months but it will come back at mm. some stage and it's you know the the best businesses are the people who position themselves in at the right place at, at the right time um which i guess i did you know p- the gambles that I took on Magnus Group on on doubling the warehousing size, if it had gone um, badly wrong, everyone would say, "Well, what a crazy decision." Because it's gone right, everyone says, "What, what a great decision." You yeah,
0: know? it was obvious all the time. Of course, exactly. that's what everyone's like. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. Uh, and there's so much that could have gone wrong, but there's, yeah. you know, I always think if you bet big, you win big, but but your risk is way bigger. Isn't it the bigger the you can't win win big without um without going for it? Mm. Um so it's you know, but I I'm surrounded by a team that are, are pretty different to me. You know, I, I'm one of these people that I have ten ideas, nine of them are rubbish, but one of them is a jackpot, you know. Um so I, So you're
0: the you're the visionary in the business and then you have people yeah. who sort of distill those ideas down to say.
1: Yeah, they I work. I, I'm the quirky, crazy sort of uh, person who, who does come up with things that are slightly different, but I've always, I've always liked to do things differently. Um, Mm. and, and, um, you know, different is good. Different is good because if you're the same as everybody else, you're doing the same as everyone else. That's not to say it's always right, but I think it's good to be different and to do things and to attack, attack things you know the logistics industry is a you know it's not the most exciting in the world and that's not just around here that's you know I'm a a member of the um, transport association in London and it's you know it's it's a very um, stable I'm I'm not going to use the word dull but it, but industry, you know, it's not like your quirky London marketing agents or yeah. or yeah. things like that. So why can't why can't you bring a bit of that into into this industry and be slightly different? Um. So yeah, um, I, I'm full of ideas. Whether they're all good ones, they're different. But I'm full of ideas because I'm free to be yep. full of ideas. I've yep. always been full of ideas. Yep. I just I just never had the confidence in my however many years of of you utilizing those ideas. Uh, and again, that's that's my fault for not for not backing myself properly. But here I can bring out any ideas I want, really.
0: Yeah, I was just looking on, on my bookshelf, which is to my left, which if you wonder what I was doing, and I'm still trying to do it now. Um there's a fantastic book called Rocket Fuel. I don't know if you've come across a business no. book called Rocket Fuel, and no. it's all about the best businesses thrive on there being two types of people at the top of the business or leading the business. And one of those is your type, which is visionary. You need other people alongside you, though, to almost sense check the ideas so you know and the the great example of that is is walt disney so walt disney would come up with these crazy ideas let's build a theme park and make my money by selling cartoons and everybody thought that's absolutely crazy and his brother is the one who went yeah okay well some of that could work some of it couldn't he bought the land in florida and all the rest so yeah having two types of people within a business but visionary is fundamental to that
1: Yeah, and but. Again, the way, I, as I said earlier, I don't. Ultimately, decisions are mine, but I don't run this business like that. You know, I, I, and if I did, then the people that I've employed to help me run it would would know that I don't trust them. Yeah. So if I just said, uh, like the Ipswich Town thing is a classic. If I'd have just said, I don't really care what you think. We're doing it anyway. Mm. then automatically they'd go, well, what's the point of us being here? Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very conscious of that. Um so if you know my my senior management team have to be on the same page as me. But conversely to that, I allow them to do what they want to do, you know, mm. I don't get involved. I don't need to be, if they want to hire or fire, i leave them to it. I don't mm. need to to be involved in that because they know I trust them. Mm. Ultimately, it's down to the numbers, you know, that's, that's the plain fact of running a business is, you know, you have to make money. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make money, then there's questions to be asked. Um, yeah, 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 of course. But they have they have to know that I back them 100%. You know, we've had a couple of moments here where the numbers haven't stacked up and much harder people, business, harder knows business people than me would have made decisions, but I took the route to know they're the right people mm. they are the right people. And we stick with them because I know that they'll get there and, and, and they've got, it's worked, mm. you know, um, because they knew that uh, they had my backing, mm. you know, and that, and that's integral for any, any business. Um, if you, if you feel you don't have the respect and the trust of your peers, then it's never going to work yeah but that the same is for me at the top if i if i didn't feel i had the support of the team i've built under me um but it it would fail yeah in a heartbeat you know Um, yeah so yeah it's not rocket science but Mm. it's just um
0: well yeah um yeah is it but yeah the chemistry for creating a business is isn't always as straightforward as people might imagine so yeah, so yeah be. you all need different parts
1: it, uh, the great quote is um it's better to have a great team than a team of greats <laughs> yeah. isn't it because yeah. you now you have a you have a, a team of people who who think they're amazing then there's a lot of egos one thing i don't think we have here is a lot of egos um people might listen to this and say that's different but um i genuinely don't think i have an ego um and i know the people i've employed don't you know mm. and they they desperately care mm. you know when you employ people in a in a business that you know really desperately care um you know it, it becomes you know there's a there's a few crosswords sometimes but that's only because because they care you know mm. um even my business development guy you know he he genuinely feels part of this business and is desperate to to make it work you cannot buy that no. you cannot buy that uh, mm. but he's come into a a culture of a business where he feels massively valued so i get i get the best of him back from that you know i'm sending him off to thailand next week so i've got i suffer from fomo fear of, miss, fear of missing out so, so, um so him and him and uh one of the chaps and felix they were going so um yeah i'm looking forward to them coming back and i won't i won't be worried about it but, um but yeah but but you know they're, they're off on the remit of uh business development so go off and do it yeah know? Um, so great. Well, it seems like it's exciting times ahead. You're
0: certainly in the middle of exciting times now, so
1: yeah, it's exciting. But it's a you know that the, this industry is so up and down. You know, it's not like it's not like we're sitting here with ten year contracts in our pockets, and mm. you know uh, each each week is very different, and that's the industry. It'll it'll never change, um, and that yeah, that's what is that why we love it? I don't know. Is that why I fell into it? Um, but yeah one every week is different every month is different every every month every year is a challenge mm. um but you know when when everything's a challenge the upsides when when things aren't easy when it comes good it's a lot more enjoyable than if if it's handed on to you on a plate yeah and certainly it hasn't been handed on any plates no around. no you've had to work for that no doubt about
0: it yeah well, I'm very, very grateful for all your time, um, Ollie, and uh, the story, and you know what everything you've gone through is absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, many, many congratulations on winning the Director of the Year award at the Suffolk Business Awards. Phenomenal.
1: Yes, thank you. My my um, my wife is telling me to stop sending pictures okay. of it now, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I might have to put it away. Um, but, yeah. Well. It's, it's a marking time, isn't it? It's yours yeah. and it's uh, through the achievements yeah, and the successes that you've come together. It's one of those things that whatever happens in my life, nobody can take that away from me and I'm an incredibly proud to have, to have won it and, you know, there are some amazingly talented people in the Suffolk area and to win an accolade like that is... is is as i said it's it's just um just unbelievable so
0: um once again many many congratulations (laughs) and uh
1: thank you again for your time no no problem at all it's a pleasure to speak to thank you so
0: much to ollie for the opportunity to speak with him today it's uh, just been great to understand his backstory the circumstances that have led him to be where he is now and of course once again we just add our congratulations on his achievement in being named director of the year at the Suffolk Business Awards so thank you too for listening to the Suffolk Money Podcast supported by Kingsfleet please do subscribe using your podcast provider of choice and uh, that will then ensure that you're always updated with the most recent podcast Uh, and if you can give it a, a nice five star rating then it helps other people find it which is a great way of just passing on the good news stories and messages that we have from Suffolk. I'm indebted as ever to Joy Day for working on our website visuals and ensuring that everything is published on time and to Sally Birch and Kevin Birch for their skills and tenacity in booking speakers and also just ensuring that the finished article is better than it would be if it was just left to me. So very grateful to all three of them for their work as part of the team. Please do join us again next time in the Suffolk Money Podcast where we speak to another entrepreneur, business leader or charity group, or a financial expert who can give you further information on your finances. Thanks for joining us.